The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A touch more. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! Georgia's Pop. Welcome to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan unless you want to see some actual baseball. What's going on, Nick, the coronavirus kid? I feel a lot better. It's night and day compared to last week, man. It's, it's kind of a relief. At some point, I felt like I'd never get out of it. Okay, so now that it's over, I have a billion questions okay. that I couldn't ask you while you were, like, still sick. Okay. Were, at any point, were you afraid you were going to die? Never, not once. No, okay. No. Um, just, I mean, obviously, like, you're a young, healthy guy, so the odds are are very low, but, you know, there's media, there's a lot of stuff out there. There are people who are our age dying. There are people who are, you know, your age who die every day from, like, like, my best friend died at 24 from an undiagnosed heart condition. Like, just went to sleep and just wow. didn't wake up. Um, that actually happened... So kind of wild, I live in Fishtown, and this is going to get very Philly, um, and there's a cemetery in the middle of Fishtown, and sometimes I walk my dog around, and there's one gravestone that has, like, a bunch of Fishtown hats around it, uh, and then, but there's a Oakland A's logo on the headstone. So I was like, what the fuck? The dude played for the A, like, he got to AAA, he's from Fishtown. Um, and he turns out like he died from like the same thing, just undiagnosed heart condition and was found in a, in his car outside a fast food place in like Arizona. Like he went, got like, you know, McDonald's got in his car, heart just stopped. Crazy stuff. 
That's wild. Yeah. Not luckily that didn't happen to me and any of that stuff. So, uh, so that's good. So then, yeah, all right, yeah. Next question. When this is all over, right? Maybe when we look at it, whether it's six months, a year, five years, ten years, do you feel like you were a part of something? Like if I come out of this clean, like did I even go through it? Like, you know, in 1923, where there are people like, ah, you didn't even get the Spanish flu. You haven't gone through anything. Yeah, will I flex on it in 20 years? I don't know. It could be something you tell your kids about. You know, yeah, I lived through coronavirus. I had it. It was no big deal. Yeah, it makes well, you sound pretty tough. I, so I, and in 20, 30 years, it'll only sound tough. Like it only, it only gets crazier. And I don't know you well enough to know if you embellish stories, and I don't know if you how you'll be in 20, 30 years. But I doubt that the response will be it was nothing. It'll be like. I was walking uphill both ways to school in the snow. Oh, yeah. I'll exaggerate by then. But mostly, you know, I'd probably talk about just not even the physical part of it, but not being to go outside of a 900-foot, 900-square-foot apartment, how that kind of changes your perspective on everything. Like, now I'm sitting here. I'm like, wow, I can go outside if I want to. Like, it fucks with you when that's taken away. Like, now quarantine's not – like, the the social situation isn't as bad anymore. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, I feel like I'm way ahead now because from where I was a week ago, so I feel a lot better. And the perspective, I think, I think definitely helped. I have a whole new perspective on leaving and stuff, so it's, it's great. More important than you, how is Jamie doing? Because she actually, you know, does stuff. She's on the front lines while I'm sitting here doing this and playing video games. Yeah, she's, she's better. She went back. Uh, she went back on Thursday, um, had a good day today. So, yeah, back, back in the swing of it, we're both feeling good. It's definitely a relief. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Um, have you like what was your first activity post Corona? I took an hour and 45 minute walk on Sunday. We walked all the way back to our old apartment, basically, okay, almost to Morgan's Pier, then all the way back, and then a little bit. I went even further towards like past Whole Foods. And you, can't, there you can't cage me back in yet. Like she went in and you're like, I got to keep going. Yeah, I was like, I, I have 20, 30 more minutes. I got to walk here. I mean, <laughs> making, up for, making up for lost time. I felt like a dog that hadn't been walked in three weeks is what it felt like. It's such a big thing is like trying to get the dogs out. Like just trying to get the dogs out. And I've got Planet Fitness like across the street from me. Mm-hmm. The problem is like Susie will stand right next to me. George will eventually – I've taken him three times and twice he's taken off out of the parking lot. I've had to like chase him for a block and like, he's not going to go that far, but still like you got to stay next thing you know, you're hit by a car and you're dead. And I got to answer to the internet on that. So yeah, but getting them at, like, I get it. You kind of are like a dog, like you run hot and uh, like, I don't know if you have sweat glands, <laughs> you know, a lot of similarities and there's not a lot of space here. You know, like I've been saying, if I had a house with a yard, it'd be a lot easier, but just, you know, you can only walk around in circles in a living room so many times before you start to go nuts. Dude, I'm on Zillow every day just fantasizing about the next quarantine. Like, I don't want there to be another quarantine, right? My biggest fear is that either this goes on or, like, there's something else or, like, you know, I, I'm not a big, like, government conspiracy thing. But, like, once you get everyone to do this once, it's much easier to get us to do it another time. So... If there's something, you know, or war, whatever it is, I'm just like, what are the things that I don't have now that I would need? It's good for you because now you know this going in. Imagine if you had bought a house six months ago and then this happened. You'd be like, oh, if I would have known, I would have looked for this, this, and this. Now, you, now you're prepared for anything. I mean, I bought a car in middle of February. If I had just waited, I could have gotten it probably for much cheaper. Um, 
So I'd rather do that, you know, than a house. Like, because there are people, even when I walk around, there are businesses where I can see, like, oh, you just opened, like, a month ago. Or, like, you were supposed to open on April 1st. There's, I don't know if you have been on 95 in Philly, but there's a big billboard for a bar, M's Place. I just looked it up because my wife's name's Emily and we call her M. And it's, like, two local people in, like, the area here who are, like, opening this bar and it's going to be full of whatever. Like, now what? Because you probably sunk all that money into it and and literally did not get to open. Like, it was an April, like April 1st opening day. Right, and you're in a business. You're planning for a big first couple of months upon opening up. And now not only are you in the hole, probably, you're not getting that first boom. You know, it's like being down 6 nothing in the first. Yeah, you're, like... It's and they have the best ball pen in the game, like <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> uphill battle. It's very tough. Well, dude, I'm glad. I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, it was a good test to see who from Bronx Pinstripes listens. It was right. I once I figured that out, I was like, this will be good. And then I got a couple of messages, obviously. Uh, but you got you got to test people. It's so funny too because I, for the most part, like I do this podcast today. Tomorrow I do the one I I do over for with the barstool guys, and then I tend to do like one on the weekend for like I'll do a guest appearance or whatever or two or whatever it is, and then um but pretty much once I'm done like talking here I forget everything I said so like when I saw people like oh shit Nick you got I was like oh yeah I forgot about that forgot we talked about that I love doing those guest ten fifteen minute straight Yankee segments. Like you did one with a Houston guy, I did one with a, a group in Houston. Like those are fun to do with the outside perspective. What I try to do, especially now, because people are so starved for like guests. So I used to try. I used to look more into podcasts, especially when I like when I was at Barstool and it was like you know a little bit of like we've got to position ourselves versus the way you guys position yourselves, whatever. I would see, like, do they even have any followers? Like, is this reaching anyone? Like, are you reaching just more people because of me? Am I going to double what, you know, you have? Um, now I'm just doing anyone. Like, pretty much anyone asks me to go on their podcast, like, I just say yes. You got the time for it. Yeah, and, like, so what I try to do is on, like, a Saturday, I'll just set up, like, yo, I'll do yours at 10, another one at 10.30, another one at 11, and I'll just bang them out in a row. Like, I can get by on, like, one buzz. Like, I'll smoke a little bit and then fly through, and it's like, all right, I'm good. I've done all it's my It's such stuff. a minimal commitment. You don't have to go anywhere. It's a minimal commitment until, like, it's actually time to do it. And then you're like, fuck, man, like, six people are going to hear this. Um, it's tough. Tough life we lead. Um, so, let's talk, I guess, a little bit of baseball. So we're recording this. It is now 6.25 on Tuesday evening. Um, last week, as we talked about, the negotiation started between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Uh, the first thing was health, like testing and things like that. Um, they've moved on to the economics of it. But as far as I understand, the first part has not been solved. Like, I, I feel like the reaction right now is like they just have to figure out this money but like the first part has not been solved my understanding has been that the league presents like everything and it takes days and the union asks some questions but they don't really provide feedback 
Like that, you know, they're just they're drinking they're drinking it all in. Then they come back with their response. So we like kind of we tore apart the sixty-seven page, um, you know, medical document. I'll just call it, and we learned that like local health officials weren't consulted on it, and we thought it was like kind of crazy. Like if you have that much, then it's clearly not safe. And it seems like the player, the teams, so like the league put this together and some owners are involved in it, but not every owner is free to do. So some teams have now seen it and just said like, that's overkill. If we have to do that much, maybe we shouldn't do it. Or like, if we have to do that much, we're going to fail. Like we're just putting something like we are going to fail. We're not going to be able to get to this level. There is some risk. We have to accept that. And there are some players who are saying the same thing, which I think is, is good because it's realistic. Exactly. And when we looked at that, we knew that was never going to happen. But the thing is, they only have a certain amount of time. And I think this is something where they could figure this out at the end if they had to. If they don't figure out the money, then the, the safety stuff doesn't even matter. So I think they're going to take this time to figure out the money because that's going to take longer. There's going to be more back and forth. They could you know, do this at the last second, the health stuff, I think. The money stuff is what's going to take a while. I see. I feel like it's the opposite. Really? Okay. Because the money is the money is just me and you, owners, players. We got to figure this out. Whereas the testing is like we need the buy-in from the medical community. We need the buy-in from local authorities. We need um, we need two hundred thousand tests. Like we have to buy two hundred thousand tests without depleting the testing pool that's needed for everyday people. Interesting. Yeah, I disagree. For one thing, the owners don't have to really worry about the health stuff at all because they're not going to be out there. They're going to be in their mansions. So they're good on that front. They really only care about the money. And the players, I think, you know, like we, we've talked about with the age they are and, and how great shape they're in, I think they kind of most of them think they'll be fine. And, you know, they want to get paid and they, and that's going to, there's going to be more back and forth where, right, for you, you know, you got to get permission from this guy and permission from this department, but there's going to be way more back and forth, I think, with the money. Well, I think, but what I'm saying is like, maybe I think there'll be more back and forth. It's kind of like my view on Florida and Arizona as a place to play versus home stadiums, where it's just less variables. When you're talking the finances, you're talking two sides, but for the health, you've got the two sides, and even when they agree, that still has to get approved by, like, local health leaders, and you have to rely on the fact that whoever said we can get you 200,000 tests can actually get 200,000 tests because I – oh, what the hell was I watching? I was watching some video – like, because there are companies that just outsource this shit. I mean, you hear about – the com- companies that like have never done anything with respirators and they just got like $60 million saying like, Oh, I can get you respirators. And like the idea was they would get the respirators. They were never going to make them, but then they couldn't get them. Interesting. So you're more worried about kind of the execution on the medical side in terms of all the products and all the people. I just think, yeah, there's more variable. Like, cause if we, let's say they bang out an agreement on money, nothing can change on that. Right. Like, if they say tomorrow, hey, we've agreed June 10th, everyone will be there to play. If everyone agrees on the medical stuff, but June 9th, the teams are like, yo, we don't have tests. Like, we can't test you when you show up. It's done. Like, it, well, it, it's slowed up. Interesting. See, I would think they would allocate for that beforehand, before they put it all in motion. That All right, we have this many tests. They're reserved. 
we've paid for them, whatever the case may be. And, and you, you might not know how many tests you can afford unless you know how much money you're getting. Like, well, isn't that a lot of that money going to pay for? No, because these, like, the league has money. The league okay. has hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. Like, the, the players' union has hundreds of millions of dollars. They have, like, these rainy day funds. That's another thing, is, like, if they don't play this year, first of all, like, veteran players have already gotten $200,000, lower players have gotten some money. The Players Association has money they can give to lower-level players. Like, Miguel and Duhar, you need a hundred grand, you need 200 grand, whatever it would be for, like, half a season. Like, yeah, we got you with that. And all the unions have those, right? Yeah. Steel union, construction union, anything like yeah. that. Okay. I mean, we're just talking about so much more money. Like, oh, yeah, both guys, both know. sides have money. I just – I don't know. When I think about it and the way I think about these negotiations in sports, it seems like it always comes down to the money. So I guess I'm just programmed to think that way almost. Yeah. But yeah, I, if they figure out the money, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll get the tests. And I think that's the general public because that's what's been every strike, every lockout in yeah. every sport that we've seen. It's been the money. Every contract negotiation, coach negotiation, anything. Yeah. And I, to me, it's just like there's this outside variable. Um, we've seen, you know, as we think locally, New Jersey, obviously there's no baseball team there, has approved, I think starting today, it might be immediately, um, it might be next week, that professional sports teams can resume practice and even live competition if their league is doing it. So, you know, in theory, in the NFL, um, I guess there's like soccer there, you know, they could start playing. Yeah, the Giants and Jets mainly, I guess, for, for New Jersey. And it seems like with football, they're really going to try and have an in-person training camp. They're going to do all the spring stuff virtually, but I, I think they all want to be there. Because it's hard to get ready for a football season if you can't practice at all in person. Oh, yeah. Before. Yeah, but also, I mean, just saying that, like, because that was – and maybe it's easier for New Jersey to say that this is okay because they don't have anything. Like, there's not – there's not a baseball team waiting. The Nets aren't coming back. Like, you know, it's easy for them to say there's no one knocking on the door to play tomorrow. Yes. Whereas like, they have Pen time regardless. Pennsylvania, you know, Tom Wolf is getting a lot of shit from people for like, you know, opening slowly. Um, Philly moves to like the yellow phase next week. Um, and then, that, I mean, that impacts the Pirates and the Phillies. Like, will and there's so many local and all the different local governments. And that's another thing, I guess, to your point about being all these variables. You have all the different politicians and all the different states, which does create more wrinkles to it. You get one governor because they're in I, – I had been guessing, but then I saw it. It's 26. Baseball's in like 26, you know, whatever um, metropolitan areas. But you just get one governor to just go, no, and it throws off like whatever this plan is. And you could so see a politician that maybe wants to make a name for themselves, like a young politician that's like, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to be the guy that says no. Yeah. Try or and get even, some publicity. That's scary to me. And I just think because we both live in Philly and, you know, as Yankee fans, but like Tom Wolf impacts two divisions, the NL yeah. East and Central. Right. It's a big state. And I mean, we don't have, you know, because there's still the idea that, you know, Cuomo said, I want pro sports teams to be – so it's very political. I think everyone take – no one realizes how slimy all these people are on both sides. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, so he says, I want – you know, pro sports teams should start working their way towards getting back. 
and everyone just everyone just sees that as like he's like, why isn't Yankee Stadium open tomorrow? <laughs> but that's just a thing to keep people. Happy. Yeah, they should start working towards it. Great, they're not having spring training here. You know, like it's already been confirmed that the Yankees and Mets would do theirs in Florida. So it's like, yeah, sure, they should start. Go nuts. And it's a nice publicity click. You know, the governor wants there to be baseball at some point. There's no substance to it, yeah. but it but it looks good. It looks good on Twitter. Looks great, you know? I mean, he said, like, he wants to be at Bills games. He's a Bills fan. So, like, I've been saying like a lot today. I don't know why. Um, so, for right now, I, I don't think the medical stuff has been figured out uh, yet. But... There's been some feedback. Apparently, you know, there was nothing in there that people were like, tear this up. There was no, like, this is a non-starter. I think for the players, they say, if you if you can deliver on all this, great. But if you have to deliver on all this, is it even safe enough? Like, one thing uh, they talked about was a ball that touches, you know, a n- number of players. So, like, I use the example, Cole throws a pitch. Gary, you know, catches it, ball one, throws it back, throws it in, base hit, judge to LeMayhew, to Glaber, got to get rid of that ball. Too many people touched it. And some were like, if we all got tested, why are we, like, we're already close to each other. What the hell are we talking about here? Yeah, I think the player's response, it sounded like it was something along the lines of, I appreciate the health concern, but we don't need this much or this is ridiculous. Or like, you know, I think they're approaching it the way I have been approaching a lot of this stuff. I think I talked about last week we went and saw like my in-laws and my goal, my thing was if you want to come to my house, if you want to touch my baby, you come to my house. Don't make me walk to a park and like, and then it's like, oh, well, you know what? Like if we knew this is all going to happen. And it's okay when you give somebody the forewarning like that. Yeah, if you so like I mean where there's talk of a Father's Day like get together. And I was like, yeah, I mean Memorial Day just happened. We'll wait 2 weeks and see if there's a if there's a huge spike, then no. If there's not, like I guess I would be comfortable, you know, doing that. And uh, you know, and it's people like, "Oh, well, would it be outside? Would we, you know, and we could all have our different areas." I'm like, "Well, I'm not driving to someone's house to go sit outside 6 feet away from like what are, no." Go over there and get on a Zoom call 20 feet away. Yeah, and they're like, oh, no, that's what makes sense. Yeah, and so I think that's what (laughs) players are saying, essentially, is if we're going to, you know, don't say I got to go to the ballpark and I can't shower. I'm going to shower there. I'm going to play a Major League Baseball game in August in New York City where it's just the humidity is a billion percent. I'm taking a shower after. Absolutely. And like we've talked about, if they're already getting tested, what's the point? And these guys, they chill, they hang out in the locker room, they're together all the time. It's physically impossible for these guys all to stay six feet away from each other. They know that, we know that, and I think that's why they're pushing back a little bit. And the other thing is the hot tub, the cold tub, all that stuff, it's not really a luxury for a lot of these guys. Using that stuff is kind of a necessity to stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, that was a a big thing that I saw they brought up. They're treating it like they're at a spa and they're just going on vacation like we would. Like, they need this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, because we're playing, you know, 81 games, 82 games. Um, So what is your confidence level? John Heyman just tweeted out, MLB's goals start spring training June 10th. So the soft deadline for a deal has been said to be June 1st, which is what I've been saying all along. you got to give 10 days. Mm -hmm. So that is, what, what is that, a week from now? Less than a week from now. 
It's Monday. Yeah, six days. Yeah. So, and and today's over. So five days, and uh, you know, hopefully, I guess these guys are working the weekend. But do you think in five days, what is your percentage that we have an agreement? I'll give it a six out of ten. 60%. 60%. I'm not super confident, but I just can't see them both leaving all of the money on the table at the end of the day. I got to think they're each going to want to walk away with something. All right. So let's talk uh, Let's talk a little money. Um, wait, wait. What's your confidence level first? I'm – so I have been very like, no, it's not happening for a long time. And as we talk about the money – I'll tell you why I'm up to like a 30%. My goal okay. is like I'm a, I would love for there to be a baseball season. 100% would love for there to be a baseball season. But whether or not we can get there is kind of what I question. Because we don't have any baseball now. But there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back and has hundred and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events twenty four seven, or you can participate in the ten thousand dollar Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright. And Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So betonline.ag, check them out. Do a little betting. That's all I got. No boners this week. Um, so what we heard, I think over the weekend, was that today was going to be the day where the financial presentation was going to happen, right? And there was a leak, because everything's a fucking leak, that the players, that the owners were willing to back up off the 50-50 revenue split, uh, and players would be willing to make a concession if there was deferred money, if there was like a deferred situation. Um. The Nationals, it's kind of the example everyone uses. Like, the Nationals pay no one today. They'll pay. Even Bryce Harper, I saw the interview he did with Sorry 9, and he was like, yeah, they offered to pay me till I was, like, 80. And he was like, That's the first thing I thought of with this. Yeah. Corbin, I thought of Corbin, I thought of Strasburg, I thought of all these guys that signed there. Scherzer was, Scherzer was the first one, I think, 2014, 2015. He's getting paid till he's 50. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bobby Bonilla deals. Um, players must not be too against it as long as, I mean, they're probably thinking I'm going to get my money eventually at least. Well, I think it comes into like, how far are we deferring, you know, or can you, are you going to pay us 50% now and then the other 50% spread over like the next two years, three years, you know, if it's 10 years, some guys are going to be like, fuck that. You know, I didn't sign a deferred money contract. Yeah. Think about it. Like buying a house, you're going to have to put some money down and then some later on. So how much are they getting up front is probably what would be the squabble there. Yeah. And I've heard all along still, like, players are not willing to give money back. Any more money. Uh, and I totally agree with them. I even I tweeted out and upset some people. I said, if we want baseball back, as fans, just figure out um, how much money you spend at the stadium every year and just give that to the team. 
<laughs> if everyone does that, we'll have baseball. Uh, we'd, we'd be writing the Yankees some big checks. But at the same time, like when people are like, why would I give money? I'm not going to the game. Why would they play for less money? Because you're not going to be there. Like, I'm labor tourist. I don't thing. give a shit if you're there or not. And we've talked about the hypocrisy. You know, average Joes wouldn't give back half of their salary to play, go to work half the games or whatever. It's the same thing. People, don't, people are people, but, you know, we put players on this pedestal like they should be willing to sacrifice a lot less because they make a lot more. What if players, this was, this is never going to happen, but what if the Players Association came back and was like, all right, we'll make some kind of concession here, right? But you have to give every player an opt-out at the end of the season. That would be chaos. Can you imagine free agency? Because then you've got a way. Like, one, do I want to go into free agency at all um, if you're an established player? But I'm talking everyone. So, like, Glaber's a free agent. Like, service time is out the window. Like, a one-time pandemic's crazy. You want us to give back money? That's crazy. Let us free. I think the owners would laugh hysterically. Yeah. You think we're letting Glaber out of that rookie deal? No shot. No shot. They're all – service time just doesn't exist anymore. See how crazy it is, the idea of just paying people what they're worth? Yeah. <laughs> like the idea of just like, hey, how about just free market system, whatever you're worth and you can get from a team you go get is insane. It is wild. They're yeah. not allowed. They're just not allowed. In any other industry, any other job, you can go from company to company, go here, go there. and sports, you can't. It's very bizarre. Yeah, the NBA is stupid. Like. Just and oh like, yeah, Zion's got to go to college for a year. Give me a break, you know. Yeah. Like he's going to class, or I mean, what a waste of time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was just like kind of my harebrained idea. So I didn't see it. We we've gotten word out late about what happened in this meeting, and you were explaining it to me. But there's, it's not even just like a straight like we want everyone to take like forty percent less or whatever it is. How would it right? Work? So it's a sliding scale. You could think of it like the tax system. So. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Garrett Cole, they're getting taxed the most. They're only going to get 20% around of their full salary. The guy's making the minimum, Miguel Andujar, he gets the full 50% for the 50% of the games. So somebody making the minimum of 600K would still come home with 300. So the lower level guys are going to love it, and the top 1% are going to hate it. And they are trying to create a division, obviously, among the players. Yeah, I mean... To a certain extent, yeah, you want Miguel and do, you know, because I'm sure the Yankees have like team calls or team Zooms or whatever, you know, to provide updates. And I'm, you know, I think their goal is to get someone to say to uh, Garrett Cole, dude, why can't you just, you know, you've got 300 million coming, you know, just take your 7 million this year. Let me get my 300 grand. Let's keep it moving. That's exactly what they're going for, and and it's funny because throughout this show, you kind of have looked at things from Cole's perspective or Trout's perspective, and I keep saying, well, what about the guys making the minimum? What about Andujar? And here we are, and this could be this could be the division here. I mean, if it's a straight vote, there's way more guys making the minimum than there are making $35 million can't a year. Make someone, no, so in this, there would have to be any kind of thing to be like, I don't want to show up and play. So it's got to be anonymous then for the players even to like, accept it. So here, here's another thing. If I'm Garrett Cole, right, and I've got all this money coming my way, cool, I'm out of the union. <laughs> right? I have a contract. Yeah, give up uh, my like, $7 million. Like, I have a contract with the New York Yankees. That's all that matters to me. 
I've told the New York Yankees I will play baseball if you pay me $36 million. I will play for $18 million if you want me to play half the games. That's it. Fuck you, Tony Clark. Like, and that's the thing. That's what would destroy the union. It, it wouldn't be about this season. It would be getting people to go, no, I just don't agree to that. Like, I've earned – like, honestly, Miguel and Duhar should not have a vote. Like, a player at that level should not have a vote. If you're looking at by service time, absolutely. And these guys, I mean, it's hard to get a contract like that. Cole came out of high school, could have been a first-round pick with us, went back to school at UCLA. You know, he could have accepted an extension with the Pirates. He could have taken an extension with Houston. I mean, this guy waited all his life to get this payday. They, they don't want to give it up. It's not fair. They earned it. Yeah. I mean, if there's a – so that I just – I mean, hats off to the owners. Like, good try. The irony of them trying to get certain players to take a rich person tax cut is hysterical because they would never vote for anything like that in the real world in real politics. These well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, they're all billionaires. <laughs> they're all billionaires. Like, you know, like, hey, let's tax the rich. And here they are putting the spotlight on the well-paid players, even though they have way more money than them. I mean, it's genius. And then you got the you know these Twitter guys leaking it out. Everything's in the perspective of the owners, and they control the game here. It's. I just I'm I didn't see what you just told us and it's astonishing to me. It's crazy, right? Like yeah, the balls. Thirty. You got to bring your balls in with a fucking wheelbarrow, like fuck that South Park gif. That's crazy. And you already know how the owners are going to come back. They're going to say, "Well, we offered a deal where ninety-three percent of the players would get the full fifty percent," and that's how they're going to spin it. Yeah, they're going to try to play as like you guys did it to yourself. Yeah, we we made this great offer. You know, we only asked ten guys or whatever it is to take this massive cut, and and you guys couldn't agree, and and that's how they'll spend it exactly. Damn. I wonder what I wonder what like Cole and Betts like. They got to be fuming in private. Obviously, they're not going to say anything, but those guys have to be livid at the offer. If I'm Mookie Betts, like, if I'm Mookie Betts, I'm trying to do everything to not play this season. I have no interest in playing this season. He really has no reason because there's nothing good that I mean. He'll get whatever money, but he's already made what twenty million dollars. You know, a couple times like he he'll he'll live. He oh can yeah, only plus the do, injury risk. Yeah, he can only hurt himself. Yeah, if he if he obviously if he a serious leg injury, even if he gets hit on the wrist by a pitch the last week of the season, other teams will use that as leverage. In, in free agency, and it's all it's all a game. Yeah, he really has no reason. The guys that are going to be free agents, I mean, even a guy like like DJ, he had the, one of the best years of his life, and he's about to be a free agent. Wouldn't you like to have that stat line coming into free agency? Yeah. There's not much incentive for, like, the higher guys, aside from, like, love the game or for America or whatever it is. What do you think the number is in terms of salary? Like, is it guys making $20 million and above that would have to take that? Like what is where does that highest bracket start? That's what I want to know. Huh? Like it could be ten, it could be twenty. Like where would you guess that number to be? It's probably like there's probably different levels to it, you know. So there's probably anyone who's making below the league average probably gets all their money, you know. So like if you make less than like one, I think it's like one five somewhere around there. Is that the average? Yeah. You okay. know, you get your seven hundred to three hundred grand, and then maybe like two to seven is its own range, and then eight to thirteen. But I think like fifteen and up, or something like that, would have to be the, the top one. Yeah, and so now when you think of like, okay, 
you said Cole would make like yeah, if you're making fifteen million dollars, is making twenty percent of that like worth it? Is making three million dollars worth it for you? And then, then all of a sudden you're making as much as the guys who are supposed to be making way less than you. It's got to be frustrating too. You know, I signed a contract that's way better than this guy, and we're making the same amount of money to do the same thing. Yeah, and like like you know, I make more money than this guy because one, I went through the shitty system that they're going through. Like I paid my dues. And Six I, years of service time. Yeah, and way, I'm just not to get there. I'm not the biggest. I know we we've had some frat talk on here that people actually liked, but like I was never big into the idea of like hazing people because I got hazed. Like it was okay. just like, well, I did it, so you have to do it. Like everything that I did with people was around like you know, there's something to learn here, and it's not I'm just holding a hose in your face because someone hold, held a hose in my face and it's funny and I'm drunk. Um, so you weren't the asshole that was the asshole just to be one. No, 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 like, no. In terms of hazing, because there are that, like, we had them. There are guys like that that just do it because they're just mad at the world. Or No, I, yeah, so, exactly. And I dealt with that when I was pledging, and then when I was in a frat, I restructured our entire, like, process so it was more mental terrorism than physical. Which is safer, too. Much safer, and there's, like, a stick to of, like, yo, hey, you're in a situation. Do you give up? Do you keep going? You're not going to get a hose because in real life, that's what happens. In real life, you don't get a hose in your face to do the Greek alphabet. You got to modernize it. Yeah. So I think there is a certain amount of though like, hey, I went through this, so they have to. You know, like they have to suffer too. I make more money than Miguel and Duhar because I'm better at baseball than Miguel and Duhar. I'm better, you know, for like a Garrett Cole – I'm better now. I'm better than when we were both his age. I'll be better tomorrow. Why, you know, from a percentage standpoint, you know, why am I giving up money so he can get some money so that the billionaires still make money and just don't lose as much money? There's Yeah, there's no motivation. And they're also thinking, look, I put in my six years of service time. I rode the buses in Idaho or, or wherever the hell, Albany for the Yankees or Trenton, Staten Island. Like, I went through shit, and now I'm here to get paid, and I want every dime of it, and I earned it. And, you know, hopefully these young guys will earn it eventually too, but not yet. Do you know the famous Latrell Sprewell quote? When Latrell, I don't. I just know he choked his coach. Yeah, P.J. Carlisle. No, so yeah. after he went to the Knicks, he got traded to the um, – Timberwolves, right? And in 2004, uh, he got offered a three-year, $21 million extension, which was less than what – he was making like $15 million a year. But, like, he's older, and he was – you know, he wasn't as good of a player. And uh, he told him it was an insult, and I have a family to feed. <laughs> uh, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've heard In that. 2004, $7 million a year, I got a family to feed. And that's kind of what it is, but it's more than just have a family feed. It's like everyone who has to feed their families five years from now, who's you know going to be a player. You know, why are we giving back money to these billionaires? There's nothing that I don't think there's anything that will convince me that the billionaires shouldn't pay for this. All I've been getting is the only argument that I get is, well, the players should do it for the fans. It's only sentimental arguments or do it. Yeah. Do it for America. There's no logic behind that side of the aisle. And at the same time, though, like these players are going to leave. They're just dudes who wear laundry. Why not just let the owners like the owners are going to be there. 
the Steinbrenners in 15 years are going to be in New York. Garrett Cole is not. And, like, for the exactly. amount of money he's making, he doesn't need an old-timers day invite or, like, hey, we'll give you five grand to go sign some autographs in the Champions Lounge. Like, he just doesn't need it. The owners will be fine regardless. Like we talked about, they have other revenue streams, right, that they can fall back on. The owners are going to be fine. The players are the ones that have to give up a lot more. But there's something about this process that, that a lot of people will always take the owner's side. And the logic makes no sense, but the way that it's portrayed, it seems like a lot more people should are taking the owner's side than they should. So MLB released a statement. We made a proposal to the union that is completely consistent with the economic realities facing our sport. We look forward to a responsive proposal from the MLBPA. What if just Tony Clark just goes, ah, gotcha, one slides the post-it note over, pay us. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, like... It's something in entourage, yeah. It's just, it's... I mean, it's why I don't, I'm not in this position. I would just say, when they do, I'd be like, okay, great, we see all of that. We have contracts. Tell us what day to be there to get our money, Right? Like right now, hey, if you just say June 10th, be at spring training, we will be there at spring training, which is also a time that players do not get paid. So it's like yeah, the players would do that in a second. The players, if, if they were told you get paid for 81 games, they'd all show up next they, week. They'd be there. There would be some who wouldn't be there who like, oh, my wife's got asthma. And those, regardless of the situation, there are going to be some players who do not play baseball this year because circumstances around their family, whatever it may be. Um, it's easier for the guys like a, a Trout, a Cole, you know, who have all this money, even though they have, like, they have kids coming. Um, and I, I don't know where things stand in terms of, you know, Mike Trout goes when his kid's born. Does he have to quarantine for two weeks? I think it's seven days. I mean. Sucks for the Angels. Yeah, seven days, which is, you know, what Major League Baseball is saying, which no medical, like, group has said. Everyone says 14 days. The CDC. Dr. Matthew. Yeah. Like everyone says. So it's like we're already, you know, these guys are well, if they're like, ah, we'll do seven days, whatever. Like just pay them. Just pay them and we can have baseball. It's hilarious that the owners put in that statement, we look forward to a proposal because they knew the players would never accept it. That is hysterical. Yeah, a response. Like, we look proposal. forward to your counteroffer. We know you're not going to accept this because it's dog shit, but we look forward to seeing what you have to say back. <laughs> Yeah, just no, not even like, hey, yeah, we can get, you know, we can make this work. We think we, you know, uh, I see Jack Flaherty, who plays for the Cardinals, uh, tweeted like some gif of just like a pissed off Denzel. Like players, <laughs> this is what happens is like now the players, you got to start watching everybody's, um, everybody's Twitch tonight. You know, uh, Blake Snell is going to have something to say. Did you see the Blake tomorrow. Snell news? Sure. Oh, with Boris. He's, He's going to Boris, Boris today. That what was, a Boris guy. If you want to be a Boris, if you want Scott <laughs> Boris to come after you, you just say, I'm going to get mines. Scott Boris probably called Snell that night and was like, look, man, I really think you're worth a lot. I think we can do great things off the field. You're the next Walter Johnson. You know, welcome to Boris Corp. Yeah, I mean – like you're not like that's the first like yeah they're a match made of Evan those yeah. two you're outspoken you're good at baseball you've got some stuff going on with your current team where you feel like you're getting fucked financially come to Boris Court 
And Boris knows the Rays aren't going to be able to pay him an actual max type free agent uh, deal. Yeah, so I mean he's, he's not going to finish. Eventually. Yeah, he's not going to finish that. You know this contract. You know he'll get traded. I when, forget if he signed at least an initial extension with them at all. Like after he won the Cy Young, I he can't did. remember. Okay, he did. did because I mean, so Blake Snell hates the Rays. If you remember, he won the Cy Young, and then he's at the point, he wasn't even at arbitration yet. So that's the point where the team just comes to you and goes, here's your contract, sign it. And, like, the minimum they have to do is give you, like, they give him, like, a $50,000 raise. So he went, you know, round numbers from 500000 to 550000 And then, or it might have been 25000 but then he was like, no, I'm not signing that. Like, I just won the Cy Young. You're going to do the right thing and give me a real extent. And you're like, I'm not doing it. And the Rays were like, well, we're giving you one more chance to sign this. Otherwise, we're actually allowed to penalize you. And so you would make less money than you did last year. And he ended up getting, like, some deal that I think was, like, you know, five years, 50 million, some shit like that. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Yeah, he makes, like, you know, 10 – he made uh, he makes like seven this year, eleven, thirteen, sixteen. Um, and when did he hit the market? Like twenty nine, thirty, twenty nine, thirty. Okay, 30. yeah, thirty. So he'll have made you know a good amount of money, but you know he, he would have made forty one million by then. But yeah, just like no, I'm not signing. They're like, well, if you don't sign, then we're going to penalize you. He's like, good, fucking try not you know paying the Cy Young winner. Yeah, that's awful. I remember, now that you say that, I remember Syndergaard did something like that a year after he had a killer year. might have been like 2015, 2016. And I think he said, I don't want your $10,000 raise. I'll play for what I was supposed to make. Or Like, he was so insulted by it. He said something, too. And guys remember this stuff. Yeah, there's the, no interest in going back there. You yeah, know? They're feeling, I mean, he did end up signing that extension, but you, you got to believe when he's 30, he is out going somewhere else. Did you see what happened with uh, Noah Syndergaard and his apartment in New York? That's that's hilarious. People are, like, calling into the fan, like, I really think he should do the right thing. Like, the fact that people are debating it, I think, is hysterical. So for anyone who doesn't know, Noah Syndergaard rented an apartment in New York for $27,000 a month. And the total comes out to, like, $250,000 or whatever it is. Um, and then he... Then obviously Corona happened. I think he signed it like March first or you know whatever it is, and then he and then this happened, and he was supposed to move in on March twentieth. So everything got shut down. Like he couldn't move in on March twentieth if he was a regular dude, you know. And then this all stops. And then March twenty fourth, he's like, I've got, I'm having uh, Tommy John. So he actually had his lawyer, like, he heard from the landlord, and he had his lawyer be like, hey, listen, not going to move in, but I'll pay you, I'm going to give you two months, you know, 50 grand, 52,000, 54,000, whatever it is. And uh, they, the landlord's like, no, I'm going to sue you for the full amount, because, like, no one's going to rent this now. And I just, I don't think you're going to win that. If you're Does that landlord. surprise you at all? Every landlord, it seems like I've ever dealt with, has been a pain, and they try and get every last dollar out of you. So they can. like this doesn't surprise me one bit. You've never lived in New York City, where real estate. And hey, if you are a real estate person in New York City, please never listen to my show again because <laughs> you are such a piece of shit. 
Such a huge piece of shit. Landlord. So here's what realtors in New York do. And it got banned, and I think then they, like, brought it back, is in order, like, let's say you want to rent your apartment that you live in. And let's say, I don't know what your rent is, but let's just say it's, you know, $3,000 a month. I'm using New York numbers. Actually, your apartment in New York would probably be like four forty five hundred. Okay. And I don't even know your amenities. Um, so well, they're all closed now, anyway. Yeah, so. but you're still paying for it. So yeah, <laughs> none of these rental companies are giving money back in buildings. I know that's the thing. I know. Yeah. So you go on Craigslist or PadMapper or wherever you go to find your thing. So you find this apartment. You find an apartment. And you reach out, and they go, all right, yeah, I'll take you. I'll show you it. So they go. They open the door. You look around. You want it. In order to get that apartment, you also have to pay them a month. Whatever the month. So if it's like three grand, you're going to pay $3,000 a month for that apartment. But before that, you have to pay the real estate agent $3,000. And then what they do is, so like, you know, I don't know where you look for apartments. A lot of people use like Craigslist too. It's a good place. Um, I haven't had to look for an apartment in a while. But on Craigslist, they post – Here's an apartment, right? And you can actually sort by no fee, where, there, where you don't have to pay the fee. And then so you find an apartment that has no fee, and then you reach out, and you go, hey, I'd like to see the apartment. They go, oh, it just went off the market. But I have one that looks exactly the same in the same building. The only problem is there's a fee on that one. Ah, oh, man. So it's like a commission to the Yeah, like a, a month. But the commission – like, I get paying a real estate agent if you're like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm looking for a one-bedroom apartment. I want it to be in this part of the city, da-da-da-da-da, in this range. And they go out and they find it for you. If you post it on Craigslist and I go, hey, I want to see that apartment. I'll take that apartment. The landlord should be paying you, not me. Yeah, it's one thing if they're doing all the work, but if you're the one that has to do everything, and it's just like an extra service fee. I mean, that's how life is now. It got it's a service fee. It got – um. It got outlawed at one point, like late last year, and then I don't know. Then it was like back. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, but yeah, if you do that in New York, you're a piece of shit. Um, so I lived in a building, Normandy Court, on the Upper East Side. Um, and I'm not. It's not like a bragging thing. Just a lot of people know the building. If you're a single guy in New York and you haven't fucked a girl that lives in Normandy Court, you're doing New York wrong. Um, I, straight up last job I worked at, I went to like a convention. So I was like, oh, you live in New York? Where? And all these people were like, oh, I lived in New York for a little bit. Normandy Court? Yeah, no, you hook up with a girl there. That's, uh, everyone has it. Dormandy Court. Famous building. Yeah. So that was, if you just went to their office, you could just go and someone who worked there showed you an apartment and you would, um, you know, you would, you could just rent it. There's no fee. So that's what I did. I went, I'd like to see an apartment. Great. Boom. Rent it. But real estate agents can list the apartments and they work with the building and they'll bring you in and you still have – and you have to pay them. So if you just walk in on your own like I did, you pay nothing – you pay rent. If you go on – if you see this on like Craigslist or wherever and the real estate agent brings you in there, then you have to pay and he just tells you like, oh, you got to pay the fee. Okay. So there was one that lived in the building and it was like four – it's four buildings technically. Um, and the rental office is right next to the gym. And I went to the gym fairly often. And so it wouldn't be uncommon for me to get in the elevator after the gym and there would be the real estate person and other people. And 
the people who are looking would be like, hey, do you mind if I ask you, like, what do you think of this building? And every time it would happen, I would just go, it's great, but if you just come back without him, they'll rent it no fee. You just come. <laughs> and um, it sort like, I would see this guy, like, I'd be coming out of the gym and he'd be coming out of the office. He'd be like, hold on one second. I just want to tell you one thing to make sure they don't get in the elevator with me. Because I did oh it, like, five God. or six times. And eventually the guy said something to me. And I thought he was going to beat my ass because he was big and he could fuck me up. And I was just like, no, I think you're a piece of shit. Like, go get a real job. It's kind of a ballsy thing to say. I, I'd be scared. Were you scared they'd kick you out at all or no, turn it the, away? No, because those people could just go. It's just this guy who made himself a, like, in the, the independent deal. sales rep yes. for real yes. estate. Okay, just pissing him off. Go get a fucking job. Get a real fucking job. Don't take advantage of people who are just trying to, like, live this dream of coming to New York. What an easy job. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, what an easy job. And everybody needs an apartment. Don't you have to commit same day when you visit a place in New York? I've heard that from multiple You don't have to. Like, it's not like a legal thing. But, yeah, like, if you don't, it could be gone. So, like, I ended up – the apartment I ended up moving into is not the one that – like, I went. I saw an apartment. We were like, yeah, cool. The next day, we're like, we'll take it. They're like, it's gone. We got another one to show you. <sighs> Uh, it ended up being better. It ended up being a better apartment, but yeah. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, we had to put down, it was only like a couple of hundred bucks to reserve this place. Pretty easy. You got an application fee, and then you can lock it up for as long until you want to move in. But so. yeah, but that's a deposit. You're yeah. not paying fucking Steve, you know, <laughs> telling all his boys back in Ohio how he's killing it in New York. Steve from the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. All real estate people are scumbags. All of them, especially in New York. Jared Kushner, scumbag. Yo, you're oh my a God, yeah. shitty real estate developer. Now you're going to tell me when I can and can't wear a mask? Eat a dick. You know where else they're bad is Newark, Delaware. They are the worst. Oh, college towns? College oh towns will get God. that. <laughs> you sign your life away, and then you don't get any of your security deposit back. Oh, yeah. They, they have it set up. It, it's so rigged. I've never seen such a rigged system. The zoning laws that they manipulate, too. Like for frat houses, how many people can live here? They know you're going to have more, but then if anything co- goes wrong, they'd be up. Oh, look, they violated the zoning. Have you? Law, had, even though they know how many people are moving in. Have you ever, um, like, just destroyed a place? Pretty close. I mean, not like burned a place down, but places that are tough afterwards. Dude, I lived in a place where I had the, an elevator in it and a tanning bed and like all that fun stuff, and we moved out. And there was one dude who, like, the weekend we were supposed to move out just, like, went away for the weekend. So we were like, yeah, we're all going to do, like, these things. And then, like, you have – we're leaving, you know, like, a quarter of the cleanup for you. And somehow in his move, like, he made it worse. And we didn't do a great job. Like, I had a tanning bed, and I just – I couldn't get rid of it, so I just put it out back for, like, garbage or whatever. (laughs) I got a – and then homeless people, like, rummaged through all the shit. I got a text message from the real estate person, uh, and she was just like – I've been doing this for 20 years, and this is by far the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dude, I've like had other college-age kids before, and this was And this was terrible. post-college, like two years after college, and she was like, there is a tanning bed shattered in the back, like in the street. Garbage is thrown everywhere. There's In the elevator, there's scrapings that looks like you mess up the wall moving the elevator. And then this was the best one, because I had no idea about it. Just the washing machine is broken. We had someone come out. There's a pregnancy test just b- lodged in there. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's not me. My pullout game strong as shit, Don. What are you talking about? Yeah. How much did you leave of the 
Like you said, you were trying to leave him twenty five percent. How much did you actually leave for him to do? Probably like twenty. Probably like less. Oh, oh. So he had you got him the ball in the eighth inning because we were just like this guy's a jerk off. He went to Delaware too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've, we're all scumbags. I think he lives in Fishtown. His name's Andrew Baker. I I told stories about him on my old podcast, Yuppie Junk, and I was at a bar in New York, and some random person comes up to me and goes, dude, are you JJ? And I was like, yeah. I was like, ah, shit, yeah? And he just turns around and goes, yo, it's him. They're like, yo, we all went to Delaware. That dude fucking sucks. <laughs> Apparently lives in the neighborhood. I haven't seen him. Um, so, yeah, back to baseball. So the idea that I thought there was no chance – the idea that, like, maybe a deferred thing, I just don't see anything where the players, where any player is making less than what they're supposed to make for those games. You don't think they're going to budge below 50% at all? See, I think they will, they'll go to, you know, 45-40 the last minute if they have to. I, that, that might be where our three and six difference is. There's, there's maybe a chance that they say, and I've said this all along, that if the owners just say, we need you to just take another 10% haircut. Everyone. Like, that's just... If you do that, and we go back to everything normal, like, we can make this work. It's not tied to revenue. You know, when you show up day one, how much money you're making. So, Garrett Cole, your $18 million is, you know, $1.8 million less. Um, but, if it's a per- tied to a percentage... Or it's some sliding scale, not happening. But and, and that's me trying to see the best in people. I've talked to a, a bunch of people involved in this, and they have told me we are not giving back a fucking penny. And the players want to hold the owners to that agreement that came out March 26th on opening day, and that was seen as all this progress that said we're getting 50%. Yeah. that I mean, like I just saw someone broke out numbers under MLB pers- – Proposal to players. A player making $35 million would make $7.8 million. A player making $10 million would make $2.9 million. And Ooh. a player making a million dollars would make 438 So the million, so even at a million dollars, that would be cut in half. And then there's a, you know, you know, 66, you know, thousand dollar cut. And there's a lot of guys making around 10 million. I mean, think about how many guys on the Yankees are making over 10 million. It's probably what half the, Half the roster, maybe Gardner, LeMahieu, Cole, obviously Stanton, all the rich guys, Tanaka. I think Paxton makes more than ten. A couple of the relievers, so they're not going to want to go for that. Those, you know, those upper middle class guys, if you will, of the MLB, you know, system. that's uh, that like that sweet spot, that like hit yeah, sweet spot. Six seven, makes ten, right? Seven years, seventy million dollars. Like this, you know, a great. I'm not a star player. Maybe I make an All Star game at some point. But like I've changed my family for generations' money, um, is so yeah above above the ten million dollars at ten million dollars we've got for this year. Brett Gardner, DJ Paxson, Britton, Hap, Chapman, Tanaka, Stanton, Cole. Think about a guy like uh, Gardner. Like when every year could be your last year. Yeah, this is this could be it. He's on a one year deal with so, an option, I think. So yeah, do you want ten million? You know, he's it's an eight million dollars. Oh, he got a signing bonus. So you know, Gardner's got a weird contract. He's a tough example to use. But I mean, even our relievers are well paid, and 
think Adovino makes eight or nine. Eight like said, with a million dollars. Britt makes thirteen. Yeah. Chapman makes like eighteen. So yeah, we got a lot of guys. And even Judge and Sanchez at this point, they're probably up to that six, seven, eight. I'm not sure where they are in arbitration, but I mean they're going to have to take a big, big loss on that as well. And there's so many of these upper middle class players, if you will, that would get bopped. Hicks is ten five. Sevy's ten. Did I talk to you? I don't think I did. Um, have you seen that under pretty much any of these situations, the highest paid baseball player in 2020 is going to be Prince Fielder? Oh, because he's got some crazy deferment, right? No, because he had four years at $24 million a year left on his contract when he went out injured. So he went out, and then he's not just on the injured reserve because they needed his 40-man roster spot. Uh, so he got released. So he's not in the Players Association. He just has a contract uh, with, wow. who, I guess, where was he playing? The Rangers at the end? The Tigers. The Tigers, think, all right. right. The Tigers gave him like a nine-year, $220 million deal, yeah, I remember. Yeah, but didn't he get traded for uh, Ian Kinsler? Oh, so he's all, okay, but I think the Tigers are still paying a lot of that, I'm sure. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're playing a part of it. But, so yeah, they're mixing. The okay, so he's getting that from two sources. But, like, that's, like... That is in a court of law. Hey, you said you'd give me this money no matter what. They probably already collected insurance on it because all these in- contracts are insured for injury. So, you know, yeah. So yeah, who else is getting paid on ju- on July first? Is Bobby Bonilla? Yeah, it's a His similar situation. Hit. Bobby Bonilla is <laughs> getting hit. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla is the only guy who get paid this year. <laughs> Classic, but no, yeah, I didn't realize, and now that we're talking about it, there are so many guys in that $10 million range that are going to hate this. I mean, the way Heyman tweeted it out was, oh, you know, Cole, Betts, and Trout, you think of three or four guys, but this is, you know, a lot of guys, over like, 100 guys. Like, if I'm Brett Gardner, I'm like, yeah. so Brett Gardner is an interesting one because it's like, this is either my last paycheck or this is my last time to find another paycheck. You know, another year for him doesn't help, being 37. Oh, no, you're right. And he desperately wants to get out there. You know Brett Gardner doesn't give a shit about the health concerns. He just wants to get out there and, and play. Yeah, Brett Gardner <laughs> is probably processed it at a capital somewhere with a gun. <laughs> Does he even have cable? Like, is he even – he's probably like, just tell me when to report. No, because the news lies. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I yeah, he's from South Carolina. You play country music when you come up in the Bronx. You'll probably feel like, like that. Um Although he is a green friendly guy, yeah. I mean, there's uh, you know the 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 Glabers, the Luke Voits, um, you know some of those guys where it's like, ah, if I could get you know another year taken off, like if the Players Association is going to give me some money for being a member of it, I've gotten some money from this thing that happened at the beginning of the year. I'm financially all right. But, like, I'm not worried about getting injured. I'll still be on the Yankees next year. I just took a year off of my service time. Dude, that's what it's I'm saying for Glaber. He's he's 23. He can kind of afford to burn a year. He knows he's going to get paid eventually. Yeah. Regardless. I mean, he really, even even him who's not making that much, with how bright his future is, he could be like, eh, I'll just come back at 24. You know, he, no big deal. He's just focused on, like, his um, his braids. Like, that's all he gives a shit about. Yes, right the, the haircuts. Yeah, he's experimenting. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, it's going to be an ugly week. It is. For sure. So, I, I'll say this. Uh, you don't have to 100% commit. I reserve the right 
that if something happens big, we may hop on and do something. Oh, absolutely. Because we've got nothing else to do. Consider me committed. Yeah, like we got nothing else to do. <laughs> if they come to an agreement, like we'll hop on and we'll talk about that agreement right away. But, I mean, the soft date, I, I apparently they're thinking the same thing that I am. You need June 1st if you're going to ask people to be there June 10th because they have to get their shit in order. They have to ask the questions they have to ask as, as players, make arrangements for their families, and, uh, you know, just book travel and shit. Yeah, no, we need time. But, yeah, I'll commit to that. Even if I'm taking a walk or, or if I'm sitting in a park or something, something goes down, come right home. Be fun to do that for good news. That would suck if they announce it's canceled. Yeah, and I think, you know, the we've seen some good news. It's not all bad you know, bad news. You know, there are – the Rays have opened up and let players go work out. There have been a couple of teams that are like we're opening facilities and there's still distance you have to keep. But, like, you can come and play catch and do stuff like that. So maybe that helps. You know, you get some players in there. They start, you know, hey, this is a comfortable feeling. I mean, you hope for the best. It's very easy. Like, I very early on was like, everyone has to stay home. And I really thought everyone would stay home. But it's clear that people are not going to stay home. <laughs> um, you don't want to see the the Ozarks shit, where it's a billion people in a pool. Of um, But, you know, and that's just because that's what science says. But if we come out of, you know, if in two weeks Missouri isn't dying and Ocean City, Maryland isn't dying, like, then... You know, yes, positive tests are up, but like tests are up. They're, they're testing more people. Deaths are, you know, we're still, you know, this has been a tragic thing, but who knows? Maybe this is the like, hey, get everyone back, you know, to, to doing regular things, but we got to get, get this money sorted out. We still have a chance, man. You got to remember all negotiations are ugly. I mean, how many negotiations are, are awesome and friendly and everybody's hunky-dory? I mean, in business and anything. You know, it's back and forth. It's ugly. You have good calls. You have bad calls. And eventually you come to an agreement. Yeah. We'll see. Um, it's the idea that they have to do it in a week. I know. We don't have a lot of time. The thing is that we've had time. Like, we would have known since March when this all went down. Like, they had time to start thinking about the positions. It's the same thing, like, in the winter meetings when the writers are like, you know, Cole's going to make a decision soon. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't know if I'm ready for this either way. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I hope they figure it out. I'm not super hopeful. Three out of ten, yeah, you're not. Yeah, I just, I think if they were like, hey, we figured out, like, if I, if they were like, we figured out all the testing stuff, now it's just the money. But it's like there is a, you still have to go back and figure that out as well. So, and maybe that was dragging on and they're like, well, the, the money's going to take forever. But at the end of the day, I do believe that this could all be if the owners just go, all right, come back, we'll pay you. I think that, like, that's how I think this would end. If it gets to Sunday night or Monday, you know, afternoon, and the owners just go, fuck it, we'll pay you. And they figure, yeah, ninety five and ninety five, it went down to the last second. You know, it's going down to to Sunday night. Yeah, cause, this I is mean, not, they're not going to figure this out on Friday. Because I also wonder, like, I don't even, I don't have it in front of me. Um, MLB team owner net worth. Oh, like if there is the um, guy who owns like the A's is crying poor. There's a guy who just got like less money than him. Do you just say, 
Like, dude, fuck you. Like, fuck you, you you know? Yeah, maybe, you know, you're losing money here, but, like, fuck you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Love to be a fly on the wall. A fly that tells them, just pay the guys the money. So fuck off, come guys. And do it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Garrett Cole, I'm not taking that. I don't no know. Mookie, same thing. I mean, they got they got five days, but as of now, it's not. Right now, they're at 50% and then 20%. They got to just, like we said, 40 45%. Come up with a clean number there. And, the, and you know, players are going to have to come off of 50. Like, the players are going to have to move a little bit. We're taking the player side, but the, they got to do. Go down to 45. Wrap this up, guys. It's weird, too, how, like, some of these guys, like, kind of hide their worth. Like, I as I look through and they're like... Oh, the um, the guy who owns the Phillies is worth like three billion dollars. Um, the Indians is four, you know, four billion. The Yankees, the Steinbrenner family is worth three point eight billion, but the team is worth four point six billion. You know, don't really understand. Uh, overseas accounts, stocks, yeah, other businesses—they know how to hide it. Yeah. So, fuck. Listen, just pay the guys their money. I think that's all we got for this week. You follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. You always like lean very much into your mic, so like people definitely go follow Nick. Uh, you can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the show at George's Box Pod. Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. You'll probably hear from us again this week. Like, it's tough. It's a tough week to do. It's been tough to do this show and make it baseball related at all because there hasn't been much stuff. So hopefully you'll get some real baseball talk out of us at some point this week because we have something to go off of. It's not even real baseball. It's just business. This is just an NBA course. Yeah, it is. You're learning. Learning a lot about negotiations between millionaires and billionaires. Well, hey, hopefully they figure it out so we can see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.